0: Welcome to Developers Hangouts Podcast. My name is James, and today we have a guest, and the guest name is Brian. Brian, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people who you are, and what you do. Sure. Well,
1: first off, thanks for having me on today, James. I uh, really appreciate you reaching out to me. Um, so as James mentioned, my name is Brian Morrison. I'm a senior software developer uh, by day at a company called Tomato LLC. Uh, we're in the telematics space, so a big part of my role is um, building back-end integrations between uh, various tele- other telematics providers, as well as interfaces for the devices out in our fields to be able to send data to us. We ingest it, crunch the data, and we have abilities in our application to run reports, alerts, things like that. Um, outside of work, uh, I'm a I'm a dad, got three kids and a wife, and kind of live off that you know typical suburban life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm also a pretty avid gamer. Um, I honestly don't play a whole lot of new games besides uh, Destiny, which I know we're going to eventually get into, but I'm also big into retro gaming, emulation, kind of some of that older stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell.
0: Sweet. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about Destiny right away. So before we talk about uh, Guardian Forge, uh, let's talk a bit about Destiny. Um First of all, did you play the original and then have just been playing the the second one, or did you get in on the second one? So the reason I'm asking is, I played the first one and I played the hell out of it, like raided, did all that fun stuff, and then the second one came out and it just didn't vibe with me very well. Like I didn't like the new sort of like open world structure to finding missions and things like that. Um, so I'd love your opinions. If you played the original, I don't know if you did.
1: Yeah, so I actually got into Destiny 1 uh, back in 2015 when this, the first major expansion came out. Um, I was big into playing Call of Duty beforehand for a while just because I like first person shooters and got really heavy into those. And then I think it was like a Christmas sale, New Year's sale on Xbox. I'm like, I was looking for something different to try out. So um, I got it at a, I got Destiny 1 with the, the Taken King expansion at a really deep discount. And basically fell in love with the game and i've kind of been playing ever since um so yeah I've, I've i haven't put the game down since and even though destiny 2 when it first came out had some of its flaws initially a lot of those have been fixed and and it's a much more enjoyable game uh what, four four years later I think it's been about four yeah, years. yeah
0: that later. that sounds about right yeah it's about four years so uh if you haven't played it as of today like if i like i own a copy i just never you know i haven't played it since basically launch is it still accessible to, to new players or is it just like you really need to have been invested in, in the, you know, in the beginning before, before now?
1: Um, I don't want to say you have to have been invested, but because there's so much to do in a game and the game is so massive, there is a little bit of a kind of an onboarding curve, so to speak. And frankly, the, the, the job that they do, they, they do is Bungie does the best job that they can, uh, to try and lead people into the various activities and it's gotten better over time, but it's, it's still a lot to kind of take in initially. Um, there are slews of articles out there even about how to get started in the game. If you've never played destiny, because when they throw you into it, it's like you get thrown into this giant world where all these different things are happening and they kind of have to hold your hand through certain, some of the more basic activities before you can really kind of get a grasp for the game.
0: Interesting. Maybe I'll just install it and give it another whirl. Maybe it's time to go back because I'm looking for something to play right now, um, outside of playing my PS5. Like, I want to play something that isn't something I've been playing forever. So maybe I'll pick. Maybe I'll just install Destiny Two and see, see what happens. Um, so that kind of leads me to this 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 project. Um, I, I don't really know. Do you, is it is it a SAS? Is it not SAS? Um. But yeah, Guardian Forge. Let, let's talk about Guardian Forge. Um, how did this even come about? Like, what was the like inspiration? Obviously, being a Destiny Two player, I guess that's part of your inspiration. But like, what led you down this like road of like, I'm going to build this sweet um, app that people can use to to sort of share out their builds and and all that kind of stuff.
1: Uh, yeah. So, I mean, to add even a little more detail about Destiny Two, the, the gameplay as far as that goes. I mean, at core, it's it's what's it's a first person shooter. Um, but it's also classified as a looter shooter. So the, the various activities, depending on how simple or difficult they they are, um, will net you different gear. And, you know, if you take a bunch of that gear, you throw it together, you can make your character super powerful. Well, some of the more higher-end activities in the game, um, they generally require very specific loadouts, uh, combinations of, of weapons and armor and what are called mods in the game, which slightly t- tweak the way the different pieces of equipment behave. Um, and depending on your loadout, the game could be you know, the game mode could be really easy or it could be really challenging um, if you have the wrong things equipped. So you had mentioned um, earlier uh, on, James, that uh, when you were big into Destiny 1, you used to do a lot of the raids and the higher-end activities. I never did any of that in Destiny 1. I didn't really start getting into that until probably year two-ish of Destiny 2. Um, So for me, it was more or less kind of a hop in, play the game for a little bit and get out. And then since then, I've I've started participating more of these higher-end activities. And one of the first questions that either my you know, my teammates would ask me or I would ask them is, you know, what kind of gear should I be using? And I would ask for suggestions. So this way to make the game more simple. Um, so on top of that, what I will do a lot of times, if I'm just kind of doing some things around the house, you know, dishes, straightening up, whatever, I'll put a YouTube video on where I'll watch some content creators in the Destiny space go through like, hey, here's how you would go through attacking this activity. And here's everything you should use. Well, the combination of all those pieces of gear, I mean, I, I don't have a, a hard number off the top of my head, but you're looking anywhere between 20 to 30 pieces of specific gear that you can equip on your character at any given time. And I don't have the memory to retain all that information. <laughs> so that was kind of the inspiration for Guardian Forge. It's just like, wouldn't it be nice if there was a quick link that they that creators can drop in the links in the description of their videos on YouTube? And then, you know, someone can click on it and see everything they were using at that time. And thus... Guardian Forge was born. And the, the purpose of Guardian Forge and the way that it works is you can find any Guardian. Guardian is the player, is basically, you know, it's a lingo. Um, you can find any player in the in the Destiny community. You can look at all their different characters and you can create a snapshot of the, the equipment that they have on their characters at any specific point in time. Um, and you can also sign in using your Bungie account to Guardian Forge to make it easier to find your own stuff, to find builds you've created, bookmark builds, things like that
0: so this is sort of similar to so f- for me mentally it's sort of similar to like you know like wow builds where you could like set you know like this person is wearing you know this armor for this kind of class blah 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 because if you've never played destiny before and this is going to be a very geeky episode and and i hope you enjoy it but destiny has like different classes there's like a warlock and there is a hunter and there is a something yeah that's, that's the one thank <laughs> you yeah and each one of those has like you know a specific role within the world sort of similar to mmos where they have that kind of that idea um so yeah that's kind of how i imagined it would go and can you talk about let, let's kind of delve into the tech behind this like how did you decide what to build it with because it, it looks and feels great like i played around with it and like looked at it when i remember when you sort of first launched it and then subsequently recently i looked again before this episode so i could kind of get a feel of the changes and, and how it's going but like how did you decide that this is the tech stack i'm going to use which like 99 of the people in the world that use guardian forge probably don't care but like how did you decide as a developer like what 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 am i going to use and like this is my decision So whenever I decide to tackle a
1: new project, one of the things I like to do just to push myself, push myself personally, is I like to pick something new to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was kind of, that's where I kind of start a lot of my projects is what, what new service or tech out there exists that I haven't done a whole lot with that I want to work with. Um, And then on top of that, I'm a big fan of AWS, Um, you know, love it or hate it. It is the biggest cloud vendor in the world. And frankly, it's really solid. And I've worked with AWS for many years. Um, so I wanted to find something new in AWS I hadn't used, and that that service was was Lightsail. Um, Lightsail is very similar to like a like a DigitalOcean droplet if you're familiar with that. It's basically just a VM you get access to. So, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot of fanfare there for me personally once I kind of realized that, but still I kind of ran with it. So, the the stack has changed over time, but in the beginning I ran all the backend, the APIs and everything was written in Go, hosted on uh, on a Lightsail instance through a service in in Amazon called API Gateway, and API Gateway basically acted as a reverse proxy from the front end to the back end. So this way, I could take advantage like of things like caching and HTTPS. Uh, the front end is was built in; uh, a, it was just a standard vanilla View app, um, and that was hosted in uh, S three and CloudFront. Again, so the, the front end and the back end were two completely separate projects. I kind of took that that decoupled model, which I am a huge fan of, um, and that that's kind of where it started. Um, since then it has kind of evolved. Um, I decided since I didn't really want to take on the responsibility of managing servers, I've since shifted over to a fully serverless model. So now the entire backend is written in, in a series of Lambda functions. Um, uh, but the majority of the rest of the application has stayed the same. Uh, with the exception of, I added some, some post-processing when, when builds are created, uh, messages are dispatched off l uh, Algolia to power the search engine that's on the, on the site now.
0: Awesome. So you this kind of project got picked up by a few different like communities in destiny and 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 i've seen it be shared around by some of the communities there too like did you do any marketing or any like hey this is my cool project like come check it out in the communities like how did you get the word out like this is a thing and you should come check it out and enjoy my cool thing that i built so um, the first time this ever got
1: picked up was by a, a, a big Destiny account uh, known as Destiny Insights, which if you're into the game, highly recommend following it. They send out daily notifications when certain things are on sale. Um, but me and the developer had gone back and forth chatting on Twitter, um, and that's that's where I started. Kind of, it's not I wouldn't call it marketing, but like I, I like. I like posting about things that I'm building at any given point in time, and that was just what I was building. So I'd be like, "Hey, look at this thing I'm building." You know, there's pictures of Guardian Forge, how it works, and you could if you go through, scroll through the back of, through earlier this year on my Twitter account, you can literally see it going from like this very very basic vanilla page out to what it looks like today. Um, so him and I had kind of chatted back and forth. Um, I commented to him about his website. He's commented to me about projects I was working on, and once it kind of got to a stable version, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, do you have like a video?" Um, you know, or something that, uh, something along the lines of like a video or a GIF that describes what this, this does, because that would be very helpful. And I'm like, I don't know, should I? And he goes, yes, you should. So I, I threw something together real quick and he tweeted it out to his 70,000 ish followers on Twitter. And that was kind of the first major wave of users I got. And. I got a lot of feedback um, about things that can be improved, things that worked well, some things that didn't. And I've since tweaked a lot of that stuff over then. Um, Beyond that, there's only two other communities which I've actually shared it with. There is a a Reddit, a subreddit called Crucible Guidebook, which is uh, centered around the the PvP elements of of Mm -hmm. Destiny, player versus player, which is where I primarily play in Destiny. And then also there is um, a content creator that goes by the name of Castle. And he, one of his videos, I think, was when when I actually got that inspiration to build this kind of thing. So I reached out to him personally and I said, hey, man, you know what? I was watching a video. This is my idea. This is how it works. Would you be cool if I shared it inside your, your server? And he's like, yeah, by all means, go ahead. And that's honestly it. Um, in a nutshell, I'm, a ter- I'm terrible at marketing. I like showing off things that I'm working on at the time. But I, it, like when it comes to like, hey, you should push this project for whatever reason, I'm just like, yeah, but I'm not i don't know I'm, I'm just not the best marketer i suppose i could do yeah. a much
0: better job <laughs> i mean it, i think it takes a very specific talent to be good at marketing like i'm terrible at marketing too like roll your tweet like i forget to market you know weeks at a time and then i'm like oh yeah i should probably like remind people this thing still exists and like get some new users in the door um, I'm glad to hear I'm not the only person. Yeah, there. yeah, I'm terrible. Right. I'm trying to do better. Like 2022, I'm gonna try and do better, but who knows? I, I doubt I, I imagine the beginning of the year will be really good. And then the <laughs> like sort of from March onwards it'll be tough again. Sure. Um, so do you have like a core user base or is it just like random people come in and check out? Do you have like repeat users building builds? building builds yeah that sounds like a sentence um like do you have that do you have like a core user base now or is it still just like people coming in checking out once or twice and then then they're not coming back
1: it's a hybrid it's a little bit of both um i'd say the vast majority of users kind of come back try it out and then i i don't see them again um and the only reason the only basis i have to go off of is numbers i see in google analytics which i used to just do some basic tracking of the website i don't do any hardcore like tracking of specific events but just to see like hey how's the site doing is it growing is it not growing kind of a thing um and uh, the vast majority of my users are new users but there's a good chunk i would say probably about 20 to 30 percent which are returning users on a month-to-month basis um that's pretty good that's pretty good
0: yeah yeah that's definitely not terrible like for a very kind of niche build like a niche product that's very specific and i think you know i don't The only other place I've ever seen it is like World of Warcraft, where like someone's built like you know an app that can tell you like if you wear this, this, and this, this this is the best you can get for your stat points. So, like, I think I think you've got a great product, and I think you know if you continue to like talk about it here and there, I think I think you'll be in a in a good space. Let's talk about your productivity, like building build for anybody at home building an app to any level, including, like, public-facing apps that you're not just building for side projects, it it takes a lot of planning and, like, personal, like, accountability. If the, you're the only person building it, even though you want to build it for a community, um, it, it's rough. So how do you stay productive? And I, I see you have a new process that you're kind of using right now. Um, let, let's talk about that for a bit. Like, what what's your... Uh, What's your productivity like and how do you manage all of that?
1: So, okay. Um, I I do, as I mentioned earlier, I kind of nerd out over productivity and tools like that. So, you know, to do, you know, the kind of checklist style apps, project management style apps, that's like one of my other kind of guilty pleasures, I guess, in the space. So um, as far as it pertains specific to Guardian Forge, I'm kind of in this weird in-between spot where I really don't know where I'm trying to settle on. So currently the majority of my backlog or all the things I'm trying to, Accomplished with the application are hosted in Azure DevOps. Um, I'm a huge fan of Azure DevOps and the tools, the, the tool set that it offers. Um, contrary to the way that it's named, it actually has very little to do with Azure. It's it's kind of its own independent service, but, you know, Microsoft felt like they needed to throw Azure in there. So there it is. Um, so, yeah, all my backlog items are stored there. I, I may potentially move them over to Notion, which I'm a big fan of using, Um I built some pretty robust systems in Notion. But as of recently, going into the, the how my new process is working or how I'm trying to set things up is I'm trying to like really simplify things. Instead of overcomplicating everything, I'm trying to like bring it down to the most basic elements of it, right? So I follow a process, um, not very heavily. I kind of have my own modified version of it called GTD by a guy named David Allen. He's pretty popular in the productivity space. Uh, GTD stands for getting things done. And the whole, the whole kind of idea behind is you have this external system where you, where you track all of your things instead of keeping all the ideas in your head. So, um, as far as that new personal productivity system goes, I've been, I've been recently capturing all of my ideas in a, in an app called Microsoft to do. And it's very similar to reminders. If you're in the Apple ecosystem, it's just, I like the way to do looks better. And I know that's like such a superficial thing, but it's like, if you're going to be using a tool every day, you should really enjoy using it, which I enjoy using to do. Um, I've also captured things like images, checklists, documents in Apple Notes because it's I use an iPhone, so it it's very easy to capture the information using Notes. Um, and then I'm using Notion as, as kind of my project management, where I have my list of projects. I have breakdowns of all my projects, so I'll, I'll take I'll take a project and break it down into small as small tasks as I possibly can. So I have very very specific next action items that I can start working on. Um, because like if you put like search in a list of things to do. Like, it doesn't mean a whole lot, right? Yep. But like, if you say, you know, do some research and find out what the, you know, available search providers are on the internet, like that's a lot more actionable. So it's really, the goal is to take it from a very um, loose requirement, like a project or a specific feature or epic within a project and break it down into its its smallest task where I can actually do something about it. Uh, So that's, that's kind of what I'm working on. Um, As far as Guardian Forge goes, the process that I've, that's worked for me recently. And and again, this is going down to the whole simplification of things is each, each week I'll create a new checklist in, in Notion. And I just add a
0: couple things I want to knock out for the project and just kind of work on them as the week goes. Are you using any other kind of stuff like, um, like a pump door in timer or any of that kind of stuff to like, uh make sure you stay on task or are you just one of those people that's like, cool, I'm going to do this. And then you knock it out and then move on. Um, you using anything like that. I've tried doing the Pomodoro timer thing, but I've, I often will forget to start it or
1: when it tells me I should take a break, I tell it to shut up and I keep doing what I'm doing <laughs> anyway. So. No, I don't do Pomodoros. Although I've, the the couple of times that I have tried them and done them successfully for a week or two, they they've worked out really well. It's just my my nature is like when I'm in when I'm kind of in that flow and working on something, I don't really want to stop because some app is telling me I need to take a break. <clears throat> Excuse me.
0: Yeah. I so okay, so you're in the kind of same space as me. I, I was very much like that. Um until recently, um another one of the devs that we we kind of know is uh Chris, who runs better dev. He has one called a uh, Get Session. I think that's what it's called, or something. Session Stay in Session. Uh, the app is Session, is the name. Like if you've got an Apple or a Mac, and like that's the only one that's actually worked for me because it gives me the opportunity to be like, I'm gonna keep going. Like there's a button that says like, remind me in another twenty five minutes or remind me in an hour, um, and you can set the actual time limits because like, if you don't know about the 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 time specific boxing of tasks uh listeners it's usually like 25 minutes and then like a five minute break so that you're using 30 minutes at a time or some variant of that 30 minutes and then five what's good about session is you can set it to a specific time so like i only work in hour blocks or i only work in 45 minute blocks and uh it's the only one that's ever actually worked for me so i've been using that for the last like three weeks and it's actually kept me on task and also been mindful of like, yeah, I haven't stood up from my desk for the last three hours. I should probably move um, versus like, you know, what I normally do, which is like fairly similar to you, which is like, cool, I'm in the groove. Like, I just need to keep going. Um, and then like eight hours go past and it's dark outside. Um, yep. So, yeah, I try and avoid that now as much as possible. But, uh, you know, just a thought. If you ever think about going back, that's definitely want to check out. So it's um, interesting
1: you mentioned that because I recently got my first Mac in almost 10 years yeah, and discovered set app and got session and I've, I poked at it a little bit, but haven't really given it the time of day to figure out and see how it plays. So I'm going to have to give it some more time now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, um, the creator is just like, a, you know, a small time creator that basically is super nice. And like, you can talk to him on, um, twitter he, like he's on twitter all the time and like i've had a few conversations back and forth but like the product is really solid and it's really good um let's talk about that let's talk about switching to mac what what kind of brought you to that like what was the the why what did you what first what did you get and then two why did you change from uh windows to um to mac
1: yeah so this is so a little bit, a little more about my background. So before I actually became a, a full-time software developer, I actually used to be a systems engineer, network engineers type. So I used to work with, I used to work in a lot of data centers and net, mm-hmm. work with Cisco networking gear, but also do help desk kind of things. And my, my primary area was just Windows. So it was where I was very comfortable with. I know I, I'm very good at administering Windows environments. So I, I didn't go to Mac with the standpoint of my life is going to be a lot better and easier. I knew it was going to be a little bit of an uphill struggle to try and learn how to use it because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason I switched to a Mac is because of the M1, I wanted that super long battery life. So I didn't have to stress on whether my, my laptop was going to last on me or not. And realistically these days, the majority of tools and applications that we use are cloud-based and anything that's any, most everything else is cross-platform. So I knew it's like, I could probably do everything with a Mac that I can do with my Windows machine. Plus, I still have a pretty, a pretty powerful machine, uh, you know, at home that I can remote into using. And I, I've been using a tool called Jump Jump Desktop, I think, in order to remote into it. Um, so it's it's not like I was completely abandoning Windows. So I, I definitely had, a, you know, a little bit of a buffer there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the experience has been really great. Um, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with the selection of apps that um, that are available for a Mac, which I didn't really think were going to quite be there. Um, and not to mention the kind of interoperability I've, I've been using. I've been, even though I've been a windows user for so long, I've been an iPhone user for, for just as long. And I'm really surprised by how well the two kind of play nicely together, transferring files back and forth, synchronizing the notes and, and, and everything else that sent chat, <laughs> sending text messages from my laptop is so mm-hmm. awesome. That's like one of my favorite features, honestly, for the last couple of weeks since I've been using this. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really good. It's been pretty positive. Um. I don't have much more to say on that.
0: Yeah. Did you get a a MacBook Pro? Did you get the old M1 or the new, like one of the new M1 Pros, slash, whatever they're called? Which, what what did you get?
1: I wasn't quite ready to drop two grand. This was, this was not an, this was kind of along the lines of an impulse purchase, not in the sense that, "Ooh, ooh, shiny, I want one. But my previous laptop, the battery had died on it for the third time. And over the course of, Opening it and putting the bottom bottom panel on, one of the screws got so stripped that I couldn't even get it off. So it was like, okay, it, it's time to just invest in something. So I just got a base model M1, the Air. Nice, I got a MacBook Air M1 base got. model. Yeah, and um, one of the uh, one of the things that I was I was kind of. I really had no intention of replacing my Windows desktop. I just wanted a laptop to take with me to like a coffee shop or, you know, work from my my kitchen table or something like that. But as I've been using the Mac, I, I'm more and more one like I want to make this a daily driver. I want to use this every day for work. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm just I I have been um, I've been using it and I'm, I'm really surprised. I mean, this, you know, if you if you compare spec to spec, I mean, this thing has eight gigs of memory and. I don't even know what the, the clock rate on the CPU is, but you compare this to my Windows machine that has like 64 gigs of memory and like most of the top end gear. It's like, it blows me away how well this thing performs in comparison.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an absolute mind bending experience. So yeah, like I'm the same as you. Like I have a really high end PC that I do all my YouTube videos on and my editing and all that kind of stuff. And then I have like a laptop that I use to build, usually to build the tutorials that, you know, become a video at some point and i got yeah the same idea like i got a macbook air thinking like yeah it'll be fine like it'll be good enough to like do some web dev on it it's not gonna be a big deal and then like i had replaced a 2019 or t- yeah 2019 or 2018 dell xps 13 that was like full spec and, like, I bought it refurbed, but it was full spec at the time with, like, a 10th gen. Um, and, like, 64 of RAM and, like, all this stuff. And, like, it just outperforms it. Yeah. And it was, like, 800 bucks or whatever because I got it on, the like, a sale a few, week, <laughs> a few weeks ago. And I'm, like, how is this possible? How does this tiny little, like, chintzy little cheapest Mac that there is, like, how does it outperform? And I end up writing a blog post about how, like, you don't need a MacBook Pro to, to be like a base model Air is enough to do basically almost anything. Um, and the guy that, write, that created Session, he writes on a base Air. Like he does native app work on a base Air. And he's like, yeah, it just handles whatever I throw at it. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal. And I'm like, this technology blows my mind. Like I yeah. just thought like we'd never get to a point where you could buy a reasonably like off, not an intel or an amd chip like this silicon chip that somebody has decided is better and it just outperforms every time and it's so impressive i am a big fan <laughs> i agree so let's talk about retro gaming because i'm i'm pretty heavy into to some of the older games like i grew up in the 90s so like the genesis and super nintendo and then n64 etc etc um so so you if anybody's listening from the FBI emulation is cool and Rom he owns everything um yeah why don't you talk about like what 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 have you been like what do you still play like all these years later like what do, what are you still enjoying or investigating cuz some you may not have played it yeah, so I too am a 90s kid um, Yeah. which
1: is where a lot of my my love for these games comes from um let's see const games that i can pretty much play any day of the week and still be happy with super mario world 100 percent. yep super mario brothers 3 any of the set any of the sonic the hedgehog games uh yeah. mega man any of the old mega man games i love in fact you know what i, I i'm re- i've recently been turned on to pc gaming believe it or not mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. all these years i've always done console And uh, I I took, I participated in my first uh, Steam sale (laughs) over the last week. (laughs) But you know what? Honestly, all the games that I bought were all retro games. Like I got some of the old Sonic the Hedgehog games. Mm. I got the the Mega Man X collections because those were my favorite Mega Mans to play back in the day. Um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night is hands down one of my favorite games of all time. Agreed. Um, yeah, those, I mean, and, and I throw, I'll sprinkle random ones in every once in a while too. Like in my my collection of ROMs, there are times where I'm like, hey, I've never played this one. I know nothing about it. So I'll just throw it on and play it and, you know, see what see what comes out at the end of it. Um, I also like figuring out how I can shove retro emulators on any device I possibly can. So <laughs> I at one point had a little Raspberry Pi that had retro yep. on it. I had a, a laptop that was hooked up to a TV with a bunch of Bluetooth PS4 controllers to it that I was playing on that for a while, so...
0: Yeah, I, I feel you there. Um, it's weird because like people now think that like retro, ga- like kids today think retro gaming is like original Xbox or like a PS2, and I'm like, you have no idea what we went yeah, that, through. You had cute. no idea. Yeah, right. You got to actually save your games. We had to just start over when the game was done. There was no saving or anything like that. Yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah, I'm still big into like yeah Super Mario Brothers like any of the so- original Sonic games like Sonic and even Sonic and Knuckles even though it wasn't as well liked like I can just pick up on a day and be like this is fun like and have a blast and like fill the nostalgia that comes with that um and then like N64 games I wish Nintendo Switch did a better job with their like new version of Switch Online where they've included N64 games I wish they did a better job of emulation. Like emulation's not hard, and like your Nintendo who own the original copies of everything, like you should be able to optimize as well as like you know Joe Schmo who built an application to run these emulated games. Um, it's wild, but yeah, I still I still get nostalgia from playing N sixty four games. Like that's probably my like biggest memory as a kid. Like I had a Genesis, and then that was like it till n64 and my friends Mm -hmm. had snazes um i remember getting my n64 and that's all i remember like as like i'm just like yeah this is amazing so like everything i have is n64 based as a a good memory as a kid at least um but yeah like i i'm not a big big pc gamer either like i have this monster pc that could run basically anything that's on the market right now and i'm just like got any of those cool indie games that cost like five bucks and are made by like one guy. Cause yeah, those are the ones I want to play.
1: Um, yeah. I, um, I, even though I have that monster PC, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll play along with a common joke in the gaming arena. I'm one of the five people that play on Google Stadia um, because it, it, you know what? It's easier to just fire up a browser and start playing destiny than it is to, you know, worry about updating the software and going through all that hassle.
0: Yeah, you and um, um, Kevin Powell. I was talking to Kevin Powell in an episode of this and uh, he was like, yeah, I got Stadia and it's like been a great experience. He was like, it's just nice to be able to like, hey, I want to play this game and like click a button and then it's there and I can play mm-hmm. it and I don't have to worry about like, is it updated or is my PC going to explode if I play this because it's not powerful enough? He's just like, it's been a great experience. And I was like, I'm not surprised by the fact that it's a good experience um when you take it with a grain of salt right like you if you understand that like there's network latency involved and a bunch mm-hmm. of other stuff like you can have a good time um and I think in a few more years when internet in this country of the United States can actually handle uh high speed proficiently cuz even having gigs of I can't even So I have the Microsoft Game Pass, which gives you access to their streaming service. I can't even use that in my house. Like, as soon as I launch a game, it's just like artifacts everywhere. And it's just a lot of squares. And that's all I get. But with Stadia, it works fine.
1: Yeah. Which is super weird. Yeah. The one thing, I mean, as soon as Google announced Stadia, I mean, I was was kind of all in, but very hesitant because I'm like... Streaming a a game over over the internet like that, this doesn't compute. You want to talk about like technology that makes no sense, like the M ones. Stadia is also one of those things that makes no sense. And but like you said, there's there is other factors at play. But the first thing that came to mind when I saw this was not that oh cool I can play a game through a browser. It was oh this is going to force all the telcos to upgrade the infrastructure in this country because if this is this is the direction that gaming is going, I don't care. There are going to be a lot of gamers out there that are probably going to hate what I'm going to say, but this is the direction everything is going because companies are going to make a lot more money if you just subscribe on a monthly basis to their service than they are if you buying a game outright. Yep. And not to mention, like, I, I don't know. I don't think this is necessarily public knowledge, but it's been, I guess, yeah, it is public knowledge because somebody kind of figured it out. So AT&T just recently said, like, hey, if you get their gigabit internet, they're going to let you play the, the some new Batman game for free. Yeah, it's white. La- it's white labeled Stadia. When right. someone went and looked at the browser agent, you know, however they figured it out, they basically went into the underlying tech and they're like, "Oh no, they're playing on Stadia." And it's like, it, it, this is the way that everything's going to start going.
0: Yeah, and like, I I happen to agree, even though I'm like, you know, I own a PS5, and 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 you know, I have a PS4 in my house and Xbox One. Like, if someone could provide me the experience that I get, or close to on my PS5, and I pay you $30 or $50 a month, whatever, and I get to play whatever game, Netflix-style, like, I pick a game, I can purchase it or rent it or whatever, and I get to play it, I would do that hands down.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: it would just save me so much time and effort. Like, getting a PS5 was an absolute pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> and I got mine a year ago, like, when they first came out, and I it's still a pain in the ass now, a year later. Like, if I didn't have to go through all of that and like you just send me a controller in the mail and or a you know if you've got a controller here's how you connect it to whatever like yeah I'm 100% in and I think Stadia if Google doesn't just randomly kill it like everything they like to do if they keep it I think it will be a product that that in the future um will be definitely worth the investment like I think yeah. I think they were ahead. Personally, I think they were ahead of their time. Like Personally, I think if they waited like one or two more years where this whole thing has happened, where like you can't buy a new console and launched, I think they would have had a better time because people can't, you can't buy a new console. Like yeah. you, you just can't, you can't go to a shop and buy a PS5. You can't go and buy an Xbox, or whatever. So like if they launched now or they did some marketing now, like heavily marketed it, I think they'd have a good time. Yes. you want to talk I know I said I'm terrible at
1: marketing, but they're <laughs> 10 times worse at marketing that service because they half the people I talk to like don't even realize like you don't even need to subscribe to the service right. to play the games on there. Right. Like nobody knows
0: that. It's like yep. why does that's like one of the
1: biggest selling points. Why does nobody know that?
0: Yeah. You only have to uh, subscribe if you want like the pro which gives you like a gamer couple games a month or something right is that what it is yeah
1: it's it's kind of like the xbox had their gold pass i think and i i haven't played on the xbox in a while but like if you had the goals you'd you'd get games with gold where you can download a couple games free every month same concept um but yeah like i even though i play destiny on stadia i don't subscribe to pro because destiny is the only modern game that i play so it doesn't make sense for me to pay the ten dollars a month to play that i just i buy the game through stadia i buy the dlc and then i just fire it up from whatever device i want wherever in my house and i can play it right exactly
0: so i guess that leads me to another question being a family man and having a wife and kids and like doing you know you you do youtube and you do blogs and you do guardian forge and you play video games like how do you fit that in along with like being a family and like hanging out like how do you fit that all in like do you just like have a set schedule with your wife? You're like, Hey, on Thursday evenings, it's destiny day. Or is it like, how do you kind of fit that into your life? Cause I imagine having kids is like, I don't have kids, so I don't have to worry about this, but having kids is, is, you know, takes a lot of people's time up and, and in, in a good way. I'm not, that's not a negative thing. I mean, like, you know, there's a responsibility there. Like, how do you fit yeah. it all in? How do you fit that all in? Uh, it is, it's hard and I don't do it very
1: well. Um, you know, my, my family and my kids are always going to be my first and foremost Mm -hmm. priority, you know, especially in the evenings, you know, whatever, but even throughout the day, like I've got a normal nine to five job. So I, I've got to focus on that. So I don't, I don't have as much time to focus on all these extra different side things as much as I'd really like to. Um, I don't have any kind of set schedule. Um, and the reason I don't have a set schedule is because I, especially, you know, later on in the day, once the kids go to sleep and stuff like that, a lot of times I'm just too burnt out to do anything. So I usually get up really early in the morning, about five um, o'clock. I'll get a little time on on, our, on the treadmill or get a small workout or something in. And then I try and squeeze in a little bit of time then um, if if that's what I feel like doing. But there are sometimes I don't feel like doing that. Sometimes I'll just, you know, want to kind of coast and relax and stuff like that, too. So um, I just really kind of do it as I'm inspired to do it, or as I, I have that, that a lot of time. Um, there are even some, some days I'm not so busy at work and I've kind of got all my work for the day wrapped up early so I can squeeze some time in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the the short answer is I, I don't have a lot of time to focus on this. I just do it when I can.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, that's a good attitude to have is to not have that like unburdening pressure of like, I got to do all these things. And like, I got Guardian Forge and my YouTube channel and and, and my blog posts and whatever else. And then like, you know, there's that rise and grind mentality, right? That like gets shoveled on Twitter and and through the developer space, which is like, no, you should be grinding from the minute you wake up. As soon as your eyes are open, there should be a laptop attached to your hand. And then when you go to bed at night, like you should be, your eyes and retina should be burnt by blue light. Which, you know, I don't subscribe to that either. Like, my attitude has always been, like, you know, I love doing YouTube and I love building the sass and I love doing my job. But, like, my wife comes first. Like, my wife yeah. and my dogs come before everything else. So if my wife was like, hey, do you mind doing, like, not doing anything tonight and just chilling? I'm, like, 100%, like, I'm in. Like, what do you want to do? You want to watch a movie? Like, you know, for the last three days, we've basically watched terrible Christmas movies. Um <laughs> Which has been a fantastic time because I'm just like, you know, you can see the plot from a mile away, but it's cool um, yeah. because you get to make fun of it. Um, so we've been doing that a lot lately. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that's it's good the, to good to hear that you know you have the same kind of attitude, which is like, yeah, it'll get done yeah. when I feel like it. And to circle back to the, I mean,
1: this is why a productivity system helps. At mm-hmm. least some kind of strategy to organize all the things you have to do in life it makes such a big difference trying to try and accomplish these things. But I mean, yeah, it's like it is unreasonable. It's not sustainable to have that rise and grind mentality. And I will, I'll preach it. Cause that used to be me. Like, you know, I last earlier this year, I burnt out so hard that I literally shut everything off and I'm like, I don't care about Twitter. I don't care about anything. I'm like, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done with this, this whole, you know, trying to be successful in this space, you know? And it's, it's just because you get so much on your plate that you eventually get sick of it and you're just like it's 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 not sustainable you can't you can't keep it up so i just at least wanted to add an extra comment on for the listeners be like hey just do what you can and as long as you're happy with where you're at just you know just be there
0: right yeah exactly trust me in in 30 or 40 years when when you retire nobody's gonna give two shits about whether or not you've worked 12 hour days or 15 hour days for like the majority of your 20s, 30s and 40s like nobody's going to care. Nobody's no. going to high five you when you're retired about like how hard you worked and all the things that you missed. Um and that's kind of yeah been my attitude. Like I was the same as you. I like rose and grind for so many years. Like the first 6 or 7 years of my career it was like no, they've asked me to do this, I got to work. Like I got to do this like working from 7 till 11 at night every day and I'm then I matured enough to be like nah like it will be there tomorrow. Like they, they'll be okay. And you know, now I'm glad that I can do that. Otherwise I'd be in, I think I'd still be, I'd be very burnt out. I've done burnout enough times to realize now it's not worth it. Um, sure. Cool. So the, we like to end the show with top picks. Um, topics is something like maybe you've seen a movie or a show, or you've played a video game other than destiny. Um, that you could uh, you know give give somebody a like hell yeah you should check this out uh, you want to start it off
1: uh, yeah sure so I, I don't have any new video games that I'm recently playing so I can't really comment on that show wise um, I've started watching Hawkeye New Marvel and? I'm big in the Marvel space I like all the Marvel movies Marvel TV shows all that stuff uh, not not in the comics but in the in, you know the the MCU arena uh, mm-hmm. so
0: it, it's it's been pretty good. Um, yeah, sure. I, I, I haven't watched it yet, so I, it's on my list. It's on my list of to dos. Is like, hey, I should watch that. Um, yeah, for me, um, if you're, I, I think it's this time of the year now to go ahead and uh, subscribe to the Hallmark channel and then watch all the terrible Christmas movies and uh, enjoy yourself there. So, my top picks are basically just terrible Christmas movies. Um, I won't name any. But we've we've watched some really good ones lately where like the beginning of the movie is like it's always the same. It's either man or woman from the city goes to small town and then something bad happens and then she falls in love with some random stranger. And like that's the whole movie every single time. But it just never gets old. So everyone should just check out Christmas movies. That's that's my opinion. Um I would say something you've bought recently, but it sounds like the MacBook is like the the recent purchase that that's worth raving about. Is there anything else you bought recently?
1: Yes, yeah, so I on the on the topic of the MacBook, one of the other things I picked up, which I've been kind of eyeing for a while, is um one of those widescreen ultra ultra wide monitors. Um the one I got and I, I, I unfortunately don't have the model. Maybe we can send it over so you can throw it. In oh the yeah, center. absolutely. Um, send it to me afterwards yeah. and we'll do it. So it's the thing I really love about this is it's got a USB-C cable coming mm. off of it that connects to the laptop, charges the laptop and also has a hub attached to the back of it. So I literally have a single cable that I plug my laptop into to connect it to the rest of my workspace. So um, yeah, that's that's the only other major purchase, but it, I kind of I was kind of lumping those together since it's all part of the new setup so to speak.
0: Yeah, I I wish I'd bought one that had that. I so I bought new monitors recently. Um and I wish I got one, or I wish I got three, I suppose, because I have three new monitors. But like I wish I got one with that the USB plug and hub. I thought about getting them, and then I I was like, I'm never gonna use this. And now that I have like a MacBook and another so I have a MacBook for work and a MacBook and this monster PC that also could connect through like USB C. I'm like, I should have just done that because I could have had one cable and just like dealt with it. Um oh well. Maybe next time when I upgrade again. Um, cool. And then just any software recommendations maybe that you've checked out with the new Mac that you're like, yeah. Or productivity stuff. Hmm.
1: I mean, outside of the three that I mentioned earlier, Microsoft To-Do, Apple Notes, and Notion, I, nothing nothing immediately comes to mind that's been kind of mind-blowing. A um, couple other things I've, I've been playing around with and trying on this new Mac, uh, Better Touch Tool, Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, you know, what, we'll throw set app. I think Setup is for those of you who don't know who are, who are uh, using Mac, it's kind of a, a one lump monthly subscription thing. And then you get access to, I don't know, hundred and some odd different apps that you can download and install to tweak the system and make it work more like you like it to. I've gotten a lot of value over out of that over the last couple of weeks, because there's a number of applications I knew I was going to need like that, you know, the, the tool to remote into my windows machine. Whereas instead of spending the $30 or $40 on the application, it's just part of setup. So I can
0: just go and download it and get it. So, Awesome. Cool. Well, we are at the end of the show. So this is your time, Brian. Where should people connect with you? Like Twitter, YouTube, your blog, your personal site, Guardian Forge, just rep whatever you want. Whatever you want to get people to look at, let them know in the comments and I'll put it in the show notes.
1: Uh, If you are a Destiny player, GuardianForge.net is the link to get to my uh, application, the one we've been talking about earlier in the show. Uh, I also blog on BrianMorrison.me. The link to my YouTube and all my socials are on there. If you want to connect with me directly, uh, Twitter.com forward slash BrianMMDev is my Twitter link. Uh, Or I'll also throw out the the Discord server, which I hang out in the most, uh, Learn, Build, Teach, my James Q. Quick. That link is also in my uh, Twitter description if you're interested in joining up there.
0: Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming out and hanging out on this Monday. Um, Yeah, thanks for coming, and I had a blast. Yeah, me too. Thanks a lot. Have a good one, man.